0: You know when you're walking down the street and you see something mad, like a guy who's using a kind of whole tree branch as a walking stick or something, more often than not, I'd get closer to it and realize it was my dad. (laughs) Right, what? Is there ever gonna be an instance where I see a lunatic and it doesn't turn out to be you?
1: (laughs) This week on Walking the Dog, I went for a stroll with the award-winning comedy actor and writer, Jamie Dimitri. Jamie recently won three BAFTAs for his hugely successful Channel 4 sitcom, Staff Let's Flats, which charts the misadventures of a fabulously inept but kind of immensely lovable Lettings agent. And you'll also probably know Jamie for his very memorable appearance in Fleabag. We met in East London for our walk with my dog Raymond and Jamie fell hopelessly in love with Ray at first sight. I think he might have even said at one point, look at the way he drinks water. Jamie struck me as very humble and sweet-natured, despite all this showbiz fanfare currently around him. And I got the sense that was partly down to this quite strong sense of family he has. His sister Natasha co-stars in his show, which is essentially all an affectionate nod to his experiences growing up with his Greek Cypriot dad. We talked a lot about his childhood and wanting to perform from a very young age, how he gets his comic inspiration, as well as coping with pressure and the benefits of therapy. Jamie's a lovely person to spend the afternoon with. And how many triple BAFTA winners do you know that offer to pick up poo? I loved our walk, and I really hope you do too. I'll shut up now so you can listen to Jamie yourself. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe if you liked it. Here's Jamie and Ray Ray.
0: How, how old? I don't
1: think that's any of your business, Jamie. I'm a no, woman
0: uh, who's, um, I was I've been around about... a lot. <laughs>
1: We're both aware I'm a bit older than you? No, he, Ray is um, four in December.
0: Right. Are we recording, by the way? Oh, right. Yeah,
1: keep it quite casual.
0: No, I'm keeping... Well, asking if we're recording is the most <laughs> casual there is, isn't it? I mean, I hate to say it, and I mean it positively, but your, your dog is a barbershop floor. <laughs> if I was to, If I was just passing, I'd be like, why are people having their hair cut in the street? <laughs> and then, why are people walking that person's haircut? That to me is... Jeremy, can
1: you look at, how, at the size of his wee?
0: <laughs> oh my god, you'd think that a wee monster was crying and it was one of its tears. It's just, well, assuming the wee monster is like one millimetre tall. We all Yay. would love to know that. Thanks for saying that about the show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um
1: Oh, he was sweet. Yeah, that's so, I
0: never know what to do.
1: So I'm very excited today because I'm a huge fan of this man's. And the train's about to go past. Just to ruin my info, which is the only bit where I get formal. <laughs> this is Walking the Dog and I'm with a very wonderful Jamie Dimitriou. Um, Did I say that right? You say it properly, Dimitriou.
0: You just you nailed it, yeah.
1: Are you sure? Yeah. You sound I, quite polite. To,
0: no, to deviate from that would be to get it wrong. I think if you were to <laughs> do one sort of, one letter or, I don't know, I don't know if there's intonation in my name, but I think you just did it exactly as I would.
1: And do you want to talk us through, we're in your manor, Jamie.
0: Um, well, it's my manner as of about six years, we're in London Fields, the much, um, besmirched London fields <laughs> throughout lockdown. I mean, I wasn't in London for most of, well, for all of lockdown actually. I was here for about that? four months. Well, um, uh, so I was uh, in America about two weeks before lockdown and it was around the time that COVID had sort of been seen as a bit of a joke and people weren't really taking it seriously here as I was, neither was I. So I yeah. went out to, I was in LA and, and every kind of meeting I had, people were taking it more and more seriously as the sort of days went on. Sort of people like running a mile if you went to <laughs> shake their hand or, or kind of at dinner being like, this is serious. <laughs> um, so by the time I came back to, flew back to London, I, oh yes, please.
1: Can we just point out that was a yes. dog Jamie said that to? Not oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> Half a difference.
1: <laughs> Oh, I all think right. he's interested in my dog.
0: Oh, that is a coat and a half. <laughs> Again, dog.
1: That's the play, the play position. I love that. Oh. Ray Ray. Hi oh, Ray. Are
0: you going to come this
1: way? Will you take, do you want to take yes, the lead? Yes, please. I put did Nancy Ray drink
0: in the all? end? Yes, he did. Several doggies. For, uh, One muzzled, of course. As far as dogs are concerned, I'm kind of new to the to the to the team.
1: A lot of, a lot of the sausage dogs in this area
0: um yes indeed Cute. yeah chocolate as well my friend had a sausage dog called tofu when i was growing up it was one of the first dogs i was kind of introduced to and i think it it was around the time my parents got dogs for the first time which was when i was about 26 they got two bichon Frises. yeah who look you know you have some <laughs> You have some friends from, say, school or work from a long time ago that you might bump into in the street, and you're like, "Oh, hey, how are you?" Um? And then you realise you never really knew them. That's kind of how I feel about my parents' dogs. I don't re- like; there are dogs that I love, but I love them in a way. But we sort of have no- We have no memories to share. It's all sort of like, do you remember when uh, I was in one room and you were in the other one?
1: Because <laughs> you don't have a dog.
0: I don't. I was actually taking my girlfriend's dog for a walk yesterday. Jack oh. Russell called Daisy, who I, who sort of saved me during lockdown, as did her um, sort of adopted brother Dougal, oh. who's a cockapoo.
1: So, you, so your girlfriend's a dog fan. Does that oh, mean? Do you think you might get one?
0: I. It's kind of.
1: It's difficult with your work, isn't its is She in the same business? Does she travel, or is she? Um,
0: she she doesn't travel. No, she's um she is uh, in food and food photography and things like oh, that.
1: Lovely. You don't want to walk. You just
0: want to observe sometimes, that leaf for a second. I understand. Sometimes
1: he does this, Jamie. He just stands there. Can I ask you something? Yes, I promise I'll try not to do this too often, but <laughs> staff let's flat your mm. character. Mm. Who? Well, I'm I'm not the only one obsessed by him. We all are. Can you give us, how would he react to Ray, do you think?
0: Um... (laughs) I mean, I think that he's... uh, He, him with animals is sort of like, his head sort of goes triangle. He doesn't really know what to do. What would he say? I don't know. And what, and is it, and it's not definitely just hair. There is sort of body in between the hair, is there? And in among, so it's not, because from what I can see, we're sort of looking at kind of hair with a nose. And don't get me wrong, I've known some people who, my uncle's sort of not far off hair, he doesn't really, he doesn't really have a nose. Um, well, he does, he's just not very good at smelling things. <laughs> Something like that, maybe. <laughs>
1: He's comfortable with his emotions, isn't he?
0: Right, yeah, but I, I actually think that that's the, um, that's, you've sort of uncovered the whole foundation of, of the, the reason for doing it was kind of like a wide boy who is broody. Yeah. And is sort of quite happy to uh, let you know exactly, oh, we've got a frozen doggy. Right,
1: I'm going to pick you up because you're being very silly. Well, I want to get onto this character because obviously, so, I, I, and we will, um, Who's won you this hall of BAFTAs. Heek. and I want to start with your childhood though okay Big, <laughs> <laughs> why do, you, do you get why do you say it like that
0: I just think the whole I don't know I think I'm always slightly taken aback by the idea of something someone a sort of smart person wanting to talk to me and record it full stop <laughs> <laughs> let alone let alone delving into. A uh, sort of, I don't know, the background but I'm very up for it if you want to know
1: Well I know you grew up in North London is that where you were born? In
0: um, I was Barnet? born uh, I, I was I was born in uh, Great Missenden and then I think I moved to uh, Free and Barnet sort of North Finchley Free and Barnet when I was like like point. <laughs> One month old. (laughs) My dad's a chef, um, but he had me quite uh, old. He was nearly fifty, and yeah, nearly fifty. And um, he'd sort of done most of his chefing years by that point. So when I was little, he was he was kind of he 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 worked in a restaurant in Crouch End for a few years. My memories of it are a lot of kind of just sort of. Alamari smell knocking me out.
1: Is it true that George Michael worked for your dad?
0: Briefly? I mean, I, um, we were watching TV and George Michael came up and I don't really know what a lot of my dad's opinions are on pop culture other than Denzel Washington, fantastic actor. And you go, what, what film of his do you like? The, f- the one where he performs as an actor. <laughs> But um, George Michael, so George Michael was on TV and my dad went, "Ugh," and I was like, oh, there's an opinion. Do you not, do you not like, do you not like George Michael? Sort of Greek, because, you know, Greek people tend to love any sort of Mm. Greek success story. And he was like, always bloody singing and winging when he's washing the dishes. And I was like, well, that's an an astute guess (laughs) observation. Why do you think that? And he was like, because he used to do it. Because he used to wash dishes in my dad's kitchen. And my dad saw him on TV singing and didn't think to go, he used to work for me. He just, he just, I don't even think he acknowledged that he was famous. He was just like, oh, that guy who washes dishes badly is on, te- is on telly again.
1: And did your mum work at all? Or was she a homemaker? or what was My mum
0: had a plethora of jobs, whatever she could squeeze in uh, to try and make some money while she was... Uh, looking after us. We were quite needy. She was a children's entertainer. Was She She was a nanny She was she did a course learning how to be a, a reflexologist and then a course learning how to be a reflexology teacher All uh, well, that might be in the same course. I'm not sure. Uh, so she was a masseuse She sort of did a bit of everything She used to like be a clown at my parties and then sort of <laughs> at my friends parties So I'm like what the hell are you doing? How did you feel about that? Were you embarrassed? No, I loved it. Did you love it? Loved it. She was, she was, I mean, yeah, she was so great. She'd come on, she was the mum that everyone wanted to be the chaperone on school trips and stuff. She's got a very sort of childlike energy. She loves sort of, she loves uh, looking after kids. She loves dogs. She loves just sort of, she said she, she loves innocence. She just can't be bothered to be sort of arguing with people.
1: And do you think that's interesting that she was sort of... Uh, you know, those people that sort of fill the space in a room and make it, fill it with a, a nice, fun energy for people. I wonder if that's, you know, you and your sister are obviously performers. Do you think that comes from her? Or do you think that's just something you're born with?
0: I mean, my mum says that she wanted to, she wanted to act when she was younger, but she's also very like, oh, you know, she's like, but you know, whatever was meant to be, bead. Uh, And then uh, my dad's got an amazing singing voice and he's kind of a natural storyteller, even though stories don't necessarily tend to make sense, they have a lot of life and energy to them. But I think that it's funny, thinking about being a performer, I suppose comedy has sort of become, I always wanted to be an actor growing up. Did you? Yeah, from the age of like five, my mum said she heard me crying in the back of the car and asked what was wrong and I said, I just want to be an actor at five. Um, I think it's, I mean, that is a first world problem, not getting apart when you're five. Um, but I think ultimately, me and Tash, you know, obviously have to occasionally sort of go, why, I call it a Tash, a lot of people call it a Tash. Like, why the hell, why did we both end up doing this? What, like, what was it that made that be the case? And I think we were both just constantly sort of, uh, trying to, I don't know, put words to observations and, try and trying to kind of articulate why things were funny to each other the whole time.
1: So you and your sister, is it just the two of you?
0: Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, the, my, my dad uh, had three children uh, in a previous marriage, but he got married very young. I think he was married about 18 and I think he had three kids by the time he was 21, 22. Really? Yeah. Um, he has a mad story, but he... Um, so, yeah, me and Tash are, Tash is my only first sibling, yeah. I mean, we, I think it was just sort of, there was so much to observe. There was so much sort of weirdness occurring that I kind of think, uh, I'd call it a coping mechanism, but that sort of implies there was like yeah. dangers afoot. It was yeah. like, it. it it was just like, it was like, okay, let's, it was just a, a way of kind of processing everything. Yeah. You know, my dad's from like a completely different world, had a very surreal life, and as a result, this exuberant, quite, uh, you know, specific character has emerged. Um, and he, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's nearly 80. He moved okay. to the UK, yeah. He moved to the UK kind of against, almost against his will when he was like 12. And he still has a thicker Greek accent than most people I know who live in Cyprus. I mean, ha- he hasn't shaken it. And he was 12 when he came here. Um,
1: Why do you think that is?
0: I, I think it's because kitchens and, and chefs, um, you know, especially around the time he became a chef, which basically was as soon as he arrived or, or like a, he'd wash dishes. Hello, Hello
1: doggy. Hello. This is a cute one, Jamie, isn't it? Yes, indeed. You just said just now, well, you know, that your sister and you were sort of exposed to kind of colourful characters, I suppose. Mm. But, you know, I would say a lot of people are, Mm. but they don't see that as material. They don't store that away as material. Perhaps.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I don't know. If I'm completely honest, I think the reason it's kind of difficult to introspect about or analysed is that we, were n- we weren't sort of in kind of like a a writer's room then being like right okay let's nail these things <laughs> we were just i mean as most people do most like you say most people will see something mad observe it discuss it laugh about it um you know i i can i think i can honestly say hand on heart that i uh, the idea of ever being able to do what i'm doing now professionally I mean it's it it was beyond possibility like it really really, really? yeah I, I just I never I never knew I never did knew you no know actors
1: or performers absolutely
0: or not it took me going to I went to Bristol uni fluked by like, through an administrative error I shouldn't have got in but I went there and it took me going there to learn that the National Youth Theatre in London even existed I, I didn't even, like, people were like, so are you, like, NYT? Or, like, how, like, how is your sort of, how have you tried to push your career? I was like, I sang a song at Christmas to my family. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I was a member of Chicken Shed Theatre Company when growing up. When you were a kid. Up, But that, but, you know, that wasn't, that was a kind of, you know, that was more like life lessons. My dad sort of like, in, you know, it's not his responsibility to know Neither is, is it my mum's, I think, to know, like, right, this is... You know, he's had a really hard life. It's like, why is it his responsibility to be like, hang on, my, my son just said he wants to act. My daughter <laughs> just said she wants to act. How can I get them into the West End? It's like, it's hard. It's like, it's near impossible. He's got enough stuff to work out. He's working a million hours a day. But it just so happened that a few uh, people were having dinner at his restaurant, and they mentioned that they were starting a kind of mini theatre company where kids could come once a week and join. He was like, oh, my son, my daughter wants to... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we ended up going there and I was there for 15 years. But that said, it never occurred to me that it could actually be a career. I mean, really? you, you can dream. And I'd sort of, I'd probably say it, be like, I'm going to be an actor when, when, I'm in, uh, when I've got hair on my chin. Um, but I never believed it at all. I mean, I'm still kind of like squinting
1: <laughs> were you funny though Jamie as a kid do people always tell oh, "Jamie, you know you know how people stand out as the funny one in a group of friends was that your role would you say with your know. mates growing up maybe
0: not maybe not I definitely wanted to be uh, I don't know I was definitely we, me and my sister's party trick as it appears to still be today is telling stories about my dad and we do the voices and, and stuff like that. And I think people are generally into that. Actually, in my year six school play, I played one of the dinner ladies from our school, Mrs. Evans. And I remember that actually, you know, that being the earliest iteration of a kind of tight 10. <laughs> the closest I came to a sort of slick five down at a working men's club. Um, you know, I, I sort of was wearing a rainbow colored wig, and uh, I did a Scottish accent.
1: Quite broad. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It was, um, you know, it wasn't the niche punk shit that I get down with these days, but it ticked a box. Um, you know, I was trying to appeal to the masses. I was like, I want your parents to like this. I want your parents to like this, yeah? <laughs> I want the man in the street to be able to clock this through the window and say, I've enjoyed my evening. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's the earliest memory I have of being like, oh, that that went down quite well. Yeah. But comedy wasn't like... I always just knew I wanted to... I think I just didn't... I just wasn't that aware of what my options were. So I was just like, acting, please. One ticket to the acting. <laughs> I, I wanted to go to drama school. Didn't really even know what that meant. I just had heard people say it. Really? Yeah, I auditioned for two years, but we... You know, I didn't really... Was this
1: after Bristol?
0: Pre. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I left... So I did a... I did a, I'll try and tell the quickest version of this. This
1: is at school after...
0: After school. And
1: which was school? This was in Barnet, wasn't it? In
0: Barnet, Compton. Didn't go to college. I went to... Chicken Shed started running a BTEC national diploma. Uh, and I was like, oh, I just go to Chicken Shed full-time for a couple of years. Great, mm. which I did do. And it was full-on. It was like... You know, I do, like, 60 shows at Christmas of this show they did. Um, And then the plan was always to go to drama school afterwards, but I was so ill-equipped. Like, I didn't know anything about classics or kind of, you know, or even, like, contemporary theatre. I hadn't really been to the theatre that much. But when I found out how much it cost to audition for drama schools, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to take a gap year to work to pay for the auditions. Um, which I did, and uh, didn't get a call back anywhere, and so did another gap year working to pay for the auditions. Because, you know, at the time they were like £50 an audition, which, you know, my parents gave me a bit towards, but ultimately that's a lot. You know, that was a lot of And were they of money sort of us.
1: supportive? I presume they were, but were they thinking, do you think um, if you hadn't have been successful, relatively young, which you have been, um do you think there would have been a point where they'd have said, come on, this is getting Definitely. Yeah. But they
0: would they would have been right to if, if, yes. if it hadn't, yeah. you know. My dad was my dad like was just was just sort of panic suggesting career paths for me <sighs> to begin with. the electricity. Is that a job? Um, <laughs> um uh, <laughs> but he um because, because he was just like, you know, he would go to his cafe where he played cards and they would go, oh, my son wants to do the acting. And they go, he's going to die. <laughs> Don't, you can't make him, if he's acting as dead, you're going to get a disease? Like, just like, people were like, you can't. And so he just panicked for me. But at the same time, he, he also wanted to kind of nurture. So he was sort of, I mean, now he can't get enough of it.
1: Does he? Does he like the fact that you're successful? Isn't that sweet?
0: Yeah, he's, be- I mean, he half, gets it i think <laughs> he knows it's he knows it's thumbs up not thumbs down and that's enough for him it's like and it's good he calls me tap my sister was saying to me the other day that um <laughs> she's like i've just realized i you know anytime dad calls and he says got any good news for me she's like i could have just been saying yes every year and just every time he called because usually we're just like no, not, literally nothing new. It's been one day and blah, blah, blah. And she's <laughs> like, he doesn't need to know the fact. He just needs to know that the news is good. She could go, yeah, I just got a bin. And he go, oh, <laughs> you're kidding. When, when, what time? Do you have to receipt? it? Can I see it? Send your mom some photos. <laughs> he just He just wants <sighs> to know that all's good, but you know, like, I mean, so as you mentioned, I was very lucky to have some award success recently, and I, and my mum said that he, he like nearly hit the roof. He was so what they watched it on telly, Aww. as did I because there was no ceremony.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> that was weird.
0: Yeah, um, and she said that he was like, I've got to call everyone. I've got to call everyone afterwards, and and she was like, okay, and she went, all right, I'll leave you to it. And then she came back in and she was like. Do you want me to write down what's happened, so that when you tell people, you know? So she left him to kind of call relatives and whatever, and, but she left him like a piece of paper being like, you know, the name of the awards, how many there were, blah, 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 And, uh, and she said he came back, she came back into the room, papers just screwed up on the floor, <laughs> and he's been like, and he went to, he's now living in the age of the Hollywood sign. Well, not that, but that sort of stuff. Just, like, whatever sort of comes to his... Whatever comes to his head.
1: So, I mean, I don't want to... I feel like I'm uh, the greyhound racing to get out of the gates, wanting to make that connection into Let's Flats. You leave drama school.
0: Well, I did go to drama school.
1: Oh, you didn't? You went to Bristol? I ended... So went well, straight, my yeah. sister,
0: Persuade, when, my, when I was auditioning for the second... T- I mean, thank you for thinking I went to drama school. <laughs> I did. <Incredible. laughs>
1: Do you know, but you are very technical physical well, yeah. comedy seems a big part of what you do I think would you, not,
0: or do I you think, not I think I stumbled into that being the case maybe yeah I definitely have an, an inherent lack of coordination and I think I just lean <laughs> into it I'm a very wobbly boy and I kind of think I've been like well I was, I'm rubbish at sports I've really I'm like bad at computer games I'm sort of bad at like a lot of kind of stereotypically masculine stuff um, like that and I think that I was like, right. I've got to make a virtue of sort of having a horrible running style, and just be like, that's just okay. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call that out before you can take the Mick out of me for it. I'm just gonna be that kind of thing.
1: You look like you would be the good-looking guy in the class. Who you're looking a bit shocked. You look like you would
0: be. <laughs> I'm just getting ready to correct you.
1: <laughs> really? Is that not no, your...? Uh,
0: I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. It's impo- I, how, could, how could I imagine if I agreed? Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no, I was a catch. You'd be I am surprised. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you...
1: <laughs> I like asking people, because um, I just think it's interesting. Do you think you're good looking?
0: I mean, that... There's a war zone going on in my head, working out how to answer that question. Do I think I'm? I, I I probably think I'm. I think with regards to that, I'm probably a glass half empty and full of too much Greek hair. <laughs> you can't drink that water. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That's it is an interesting question to be asked actually, because why shouldn't I be able to answer that? That's you know, I, I think that. Um,
1: well I think increasingly women are encouraged to be positive about how they view themselves aesthetically and I just don't see why men shouldn't be either I suppose.
0: Yeah that's so interesting. I think you're probably, we're probably divided up into two categories. There's guys like, yeah no look that's the thing, I'm a catch, I'm a good looking bloke, Do you know what I mean? Like, I got, like that's the thing, that's why I got tats. Because it's like, I want more of what's already there. Like, how can I add to this? How can I draw attention to this? Whereas I don't, look, I'm not being like, no, I'm a monster. I mean, I probably, I don't know. I have no idea what I think in that sense. It probably changes day to day. It's whatever I last saw when I looked in the mirror. And I think when I looked in the mirror today, I thought, oh my God, I ate too much during lockdown. Because do you know what, funnily enough, for staff and talking physical comedy, when I because I mean you know you talk about the period pre and I hope you can hear the waft of my uh, quotation fingers <laughs> on, the, on the podcast here before I was famous um, which yeah, you I'm, looked
1: very long when I said that I said I'm afraid we have to do the boring bit before you're famous and you looked really panicked as if I think it was almost like oh I don't want people to think I think that of myself yeah I mean, is that, that what it is?
0: that's I mean you're you're getting to the core of me Emily mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't, but not. I think that you're right. It's it's more. It's less. I don't want. I don't want to be that, because I. I don't mind being anything as long as the the the, the work is liked. I suppose. Yeah. Like, as long you know, everything's as long as it's for the right reasons, etc. Um, but yeah, I mean, building building up to making the show was a long, long time. I mean, I got the. We made a short for it when I was 24, that was just like a little online thingy, and Channel 4 gave me a script commission to write it, and I'm like, oh my god, I I couldn't believe it. I I was like, oh my god, I'm going to buy a house. It was like, it took uh, about five, six years before it was commissioned for a series, and I was rewriting that pilot for all that time. In the meantime, sort of doing acting jobs and things like that. But by the time it came round to actually making it, I mean, I wrapped on series one when I was 30, so it was a long time. But by the time it came round to writing it, I was like, oh my God, we're actually going to have to put this on camera. I need to work out how I want to look. And I'd been writing and just eating stuff for (laughs) six years. And I was like, how do I want this character to actually look? Um, And it was about, I sort of had this all about nine weeks before shooting. And I was like, I sort of want him when he trips over and does the physical comedy stuff to kind of look like a like just like someone chucking a pile of bones into a room.
1: <laughs> so the character that you play, Jamie, Stahath,
0: yeah. who
1: will describe in more detail, but, but something he does is he has a curious vernacular, doesn't he? And I describe it. I'm going to ask how you describe it, but yeah i tell you how I describe it. When you tell me about your dad, I yeah. think he was from an older generation where you learnt English from an even older generation and from newsreels and in quite a formal way.
0: I think that that's probably um, half of the DNA. And the other half is, I suppose, it's just... I kind of think that a big part, you know, people. a lot of people... When people ask me about the language and stuff like that, I think I owe a lot of it to kind of reality TV, and 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 people, and people I went to school with, and uh, yeah, I think that there's a, a desperate climb that people have to try and sound from another world kind of thing from from like. A sort of more moneyed background and yeah. and they'll either take one word i mean i was I definitely you know i can do it because i was probably this person for a long time i probably still am they'll take they'll, they'll hear like a word like accomplished and be like right that's my word for the year and i'm going to apply <laughs> that to anything good so this cereal is actually very uh exquisite accomplished and uh deliberate um <laughs> uh, or or, you know so using things in the wrong way but then but also it's like you know when you see those like talking heads in the first episode of any series of The Apprentice it's like you know people really they don't really question whether or not it's right they just sort of go head first into it you know it's like I'm going to give you a deal that you Try to refuse, and I guarantee we're losing and refusing, and you're cruising out of the tube station. (laughs) And and like, and but most people around, apart from the the cameraman who's like that, what is he talking about? Most of the people around are going like, very good. Wow, all those words rhyme. Wish I'd said that. Exactly, like, man, I need to work one out. It's kind of like films, it's films and TV, it's like what, Like my dad, a lot of the stuff my dad picks up, like, I remember me and my sister finding it hilarious growing up when he started adding man to things at the end, like with a little sort of cool nod, like, Hey, Jamie, man, we're going out today, man. Uh, Where did you get that? And it's like, he's probably heard someone say it on like a cop drama, like, like, yeah listen man i know you're stealing kind of thing it's like ah i like the way this fits in my mouth too kind of thing <laughs> uh, and and like you know even like in arguments and stuff it's like people can be sort of lost in like a whirlwind of a fury and still be like cut the shit, all right <laughs> you know what you've been doing <laughs> and you've been doing it to me my whole life i love things like that things like adding like my whole life or like or like just putting One of my favourite things is putting tonight at the end of stuff. Just to sort of make it seem like cool and American. Me and my friend Andrew have this list of like stuff that you add to kind of make things cool. It's like Coca-Cola at the end of things, or like sneakers or New York City or kind of, I don't know, like Well it's
1: also that idea of like when you go on holiday and you see in the market there are those t-shirts. And it's like New York City, 1989 (laughs) or something with a star. And you're like, why did you pick that year? Because you thought someone would think, hey, that's what I want as a brand, (laughs) is the concept of being in New York City in 1989.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Keep
1: rolling, (laughs) LA or something. Keep
0: rolling, LA. (laughs) Are they suggesting L.A. should keep rolling or is it just like they're telling you where the keep rolling is taking place?
1: True stars. True stars.
0: Oh my God, you should be a costume designer.
1: (laughs) You know, you talk about it like I got this commission. That must have been, you were acting a lot and you were doing very well, weren't you? Because you went to Edinburgh initially with a review show uh, and you yeah, got great reviews didn't you
0: uh, uh, at uni we were sort of uh, we did like I did a sketch show a year I didn't know what Edinburgh was when I went up to Bristol and I got asked I was like do you, you want to come to Edinburgh this summer I was like what well, for a month <laughs> to do what they were like comedy I was like why don't we do it not on summer holidays I like to relax on my summer holidays <laughs> and then I ended up going to Edinburgh for three years with a student sketch troupe really getting into it uh, and meeting some of the funniest people in the world i mean ellie white who's also in staff she plays katya and she's my sister's double act partner now actually um well now has been for forever uh she we were in a sketch troupe together with charlotte Ritchie, who's also in staff. she plays oh, yeah, harriet yeah. in episode three of series two uh and and a few other a few other pals just like loads of people it was like oh my god i i love what you do in a way i can't even describe it's like that you know, like your favourite show when you're, you're little. Uh, the what yours? Like, well, like you know, things like South Park, The Simpsons, Friends. Mm-hmm. You know, things that were like, everyone come to the couch now, or you're going to jail, kind of thing. It was like, it's just a fact that we're watching this, and it's perfect. It's like I started to realise that those people at the fringe were my equivalent of that. As as I got older, you know, Tim Key, who, who's I listened yeah. to your episode, was an absolute hero of mine you know, so many people who are in staff actually. The cast is basically made up of people I saw at The Fringe in 2009 and went, how can I see more of them and, and see them on TV and just just be close to what they're doing in any shape yeah. or form kind of thing. So I went up, but I, I went up did a solo show. I left uni and was just like, what the hell do I do? And I booked a, a venue at The Fringe uh, without really having a show it was like, if I, if I book it, then I don't have a choice. Um, and it turned out that my brain wasn't uh, as strict as that. And it, I arrived at the Fringe <laughs> and I had 10 minutes of material. <laughs> I was like, right, I've, I've sorted it out. But what hap- I went and I had a free venue and I was like, do you know what? People aren't paying. I'll work it out, hopefully. <laughs> Crapping myself, uh, tr- trying to pretend I was fine but uh, then I'd get people to like open for me do 10 minutes and then I'd come on and do my 15 minutes which was mainly kind of improvised and I'd work it out and sort of feel my way around it but then uh, a friend was like um, I my friend was like a, working as a runner for a production company from, from uni and she was like I've slipped your show into their itinerary how's it looking is it good kind of thing she was just like temping there and I, and I was like no, no 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 she was like look they're coming you had like work the show out, and I just didn't sleep for f- like four nights. Every show, I I, I I like picked up a a wig on the way there to try out a new character, uh, and and was like just ter- I was like oh my god you know, and uh, and by the time the Friday came around, I had an hour, and I mean just I think that this has kind of been a, it was a big milestone for me because it kind of made me realise how much can how much how much a moment can do I suppose. Mm. And it was like, the show went really well and it had that freshness about it. Uh, And it felt like, because I'd literally just come up with everything and I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna throw everything at this. And that kind of felt like the first kind of moment that I was like, oh, I'm really, really gonna try hard at this. And then, so I did, I I sort of like, I carried on kind of changing the show for a month. Mm. And uh, yeah, then the next year I took up kind of a fully fleshed out show.
1: And then after that, presumably Edinburgh gave you exposure in terms of because you got a lot of work in sort of high-profile shows, the kind of shows that everyone would want to be in, really, didn't a, you?
0: A lot. Uh, well, I, I, I was uh, Robert Popper got got me. Um, uh, got me on to swing, he'd seen the Blaps, my, my, the shorts I did with Channel 4, and he got me on as a swing reader for Friday Night Dinner. So a swing reader is someone who reads in for all the kind of like one line parts or any actors that can't make it kind of thing. But usually they just, the idea is you just go and just read in one voice and just you're basically there just to fill it in. But I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I have to give every single character a backstory and, and an accent and a kind of da da. And I'd sort of stay up late reading, furiously reading and trying to work out what to do for all them, because I, because I thought that was what was expected of me, by the way. That wasn't like, a, I'm going to go above and beyond thing. I was like, oh, that's what you It's like, hey, so who's Phil? Who's Phil? Phil, who says, can, I, can you pass me the bread? Like, where's he come from? Like, what are his parents <laughs> like? Um, so I went in and did that. And I think the, the gent, like, whatever execs were there were just sort of like, I mean, this guy does a lot more work than, than he's paid for. <laughs> um, and then sort of, I just, be- that, I, was do- I started doing that like twice a week. Mm. It, on different shows so I'd come in I'd do all the other people's lines and whichever kind of like two line part I did that I'd sort of got a laugh in the room with they'd be like oh let's just give him that and he can come in and do it for a day so my first sort of like 20 jobs were that basically and then I started getting five lines and then maybe like an episode guest and then I got the occasional kind of like four episode part and then staff came about I but mean you see that's yeah.
1: interesting to me because that's not, that wasn't by chance. That was because you really worked at that. And I know you, you, you've you said, oh, well, I did it because, you know, I didn't know any better. But the fact is you worked five times as hard, which is why you stood out.
0: I think it, I think that, I don't know for me anyway I think hard work is always accidental you can't like you can't go right today I'm going to work hard (laughs) you have to well for me again for me you have to sort of just really want something or be passionate about it and then find yourself incidentally doing hard work you know I I find I get writer's block really badly and really easily and it's because if I try and I always uh, uh, apply the same logic to sleep when I can't sleep I have to get into a position in bed where I shouldn't be able to sleep. Like with my head sort of like hanging off, do you you know what I mean? Yeah, like my head like hanging off the mattress with like like my arm tucked under the mattress and then I'm just like, and then I'm just out. Because it's like, you trick your, your brain's like, you go like, oh, I'm never gonna be able to get to sleep like this. And your brain goes, oh yeah? Well, look at this, you're out. (laughs) And it's like it's the same with hard work. It's like if you go right, I'm going to do hard work. Your brain goes, No, I'm not. If I, if someone was to be like, Do you want to do you want to go out tonight? I've got the best evening imaginable planned. My brain goes, Tell you what, this would be a good night to do some work. And I'm like, Oh, uh.
1: you've won. Was it three Baftas you just won?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. It's weird to, it's weird to the hear. The adorable
1: pause. There was a lot of pressure. It was a kind of go big or go home thing, really, wasn't it? Did you eat, Did you have? a sense of not wanting to compromise over any aspect of it
0: um i think to an extent yeah i mean i'm not like i think there's a difference between compromise and collaboration Mm. and i think that i am i'm i'm up for whatever is a good idea kind of thing but there are definitely kind of um i suppose there are kind of there there are rules in my head that I can't articulate that that are tonal or or sensibility based or um almost just like aesthetic textural like things that things that like I can't explain why but they just are the case kind of thing (laughs) there are there are like certain guidelines like for example I don't like um you know a, a, a bit of a mission statement was I think I've said this before A bit of a mission statement was: uh, a lot of sitcoms are um, full of people making very smart jokes, and uh, no one's laughing at them in the world. What if we make a show where everyone's making stupid jokes and everyone's laughing at them? Because that feels truthful to me. Like you know, you if you want to sort of listen into any sort of like table at a pub or a cafe and everyone's laughing, you listen to what they're saying. It's like. tell you what uh bloody school more like poo (laughs) no because i hated school and everyone's like that oh my god jason is the funniest person i've ever met in my life um that that felt like a kind of a bit of truth which you know it's it's the the, the foundation of the show is kind of comedy everyone's trying to be funny all the time in it the characters are trying to be funny all the time Mm. so that was a bit of a I suppose a rule to an extent you know I'm always looking for intonation to sound natural and for the jokes to be coming from character versus kind of cleverness I think there's a tendency sometimes to write a stupid character but their jokes are actually quite smart you know as in like you're they're, they're, they're sort of quite neat yeah and I I like the the kind of uh, fragmented nature of like someone trying to really trying to say something intelligent uh, and failing (laughs) you know. Uh, Tell
1: me about doing Fleabag because yeah was that where you first I suppose that was a sense of people thinking oh my god it's it's you like that brought you to a very.
0: Fleabag was an amazing thing for me you know uh, and you know, even just watching Phoebe work and and see, you know, she's she's a real amazing force on set, you know, and and watching that kind of authored, you know, delivery of a concept was like just like a revelation actually, um, mm. and and to see someone so in charge, uh, but while being like just such a lovely presence as well, you know. It did wonders. I mean, I, I kind of think that it's very difficult to commission. There's not a huge amount of money in comedy, uh, and it's very difficult for, for um, g- schedulers to commission a show, um, you know, especially with someone people don't know in it. And I think, I imagine, staff probably was given a helping hand in its commission by my, my part in Fleabag and how do you think wild so? it went. I, I mean, that's, a, that's you know, that's conjecture, but I, I, I often think it was around the same time that the series got commissioned was after it, it came out. And yeah.
1: How do you find fame?
0: Uh, I don't find it, if I'm honest. I really don't. I mean, you know, I, I, I get the occasional, uh, well, these days, social distance selfie, <laughs> um, but I, it's. I, I think sta- staff's viewing figures are are, are are very low. They actually they actually are, and, and that's not self-deprecating. It's like it's, you know it 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 it, feel, it sounds like it is. But I'm talking I'm talking stats and admin. It's like it's not it's not like on the radar in the same way a lot of things are. So I do get to live quite a nice kind of you know I'm just sort of bobbing around. But you get the occasional person, and that's lovely. I don't have a problem with that. The only thing I have a problem with, which I'm sure everyone says to you, is just like an impersonal shoving of a phone in your face, which kind of feels like an extension of social media kind of short-mindedness. That You're like, oh man, what is this photo documenting? Do you, do you have like a bird watching sheet and you're just ticking it off? What are you gonna tell your friends when you show them that photo? Look what I saw, look what I saw. This person, it's like you might as well just show them a photo of me on Google Images. If I'm not in a rush and someone says something nice about the show, it's so lovely and I wanna be like, thanks so much, what's your name? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying like, I wanna like have a, you know, a sit down coffee and if the person's like feeling uncomfortable or whatever, that's fine. I'm not like gonna be like, no, talk to me. (laughs) But there is something about the phone coming out before the question, you're like, Mm. oh my God, Mm. what's happened? My idea of what I do is built on my understanding of my own experience of being a fan as a teenager I suppose and like an obsessive kind of you know oh my god The Office oh my god Anna Partridge oh my god you know Dave Chappelle oh my god this that you know things that things that like you know when you're like a sponge as a teenager and things mean like an apocalyptic amount to you like you can't sleep because you don't know what to do with how you feel about this thing that you love kind of thing and I think that like you know with social media and stuff and that kind of lack of separation between you and like I enjoyed the separation between me and the thing and when I see that that magic kind of being broken down Mm. I'm kind of like I know how I feel about people that I really admire and seeing them kind of incessantly tweet all day. I don't feel like angry with them but I do feel like I'm losing a bit of my, my like teenage years because I'm kind of like, oh, I liked, it's not, you know, people can do what they want, obviously, but for my, it was just, I I loved the magic, I loved being able to sit at home being like, what the hell is Matthew Perry up to right now? (laughs) I can, I imagine he's with some gold, I imagine he's got some gold with him, you know, and I was, and you know, maybe that's unhealthy, maybe, and you know, the truth is, maybe that is unhealthy, to, to, and maybe it's useful to kind of be able to see people as a person, and, and not like hold them on this pedestal. But anytime that kind of wall gets broken down a bit more, I'm like, oh man. Like, but like, you know, I'm a slave to it also. Like I find I get really distracted. I have to put my phone in uh, my letterbox and lock it and turn all the wifi off in my flat to in order to really be able to focus on work. Like even this morning, I, I was like, How many times have I clicked on just an internet page that I don't need to look at? I need to just leave the house and leave all my stuff apart from some cue cards and just write on those. I want no access to any of like, but also like what an impossible obstacle course Mm. life has become where (laughs) you have like a kind of access to every question you want answering in the world in your pocket. Any sort of like, and even if the question is, hmm, do I want to look at odd plastic surgery right now? Yeah, I think I might do. Well, let's just check to see if I enjoy it when I look at it. Turned out I did want to look at that. And that, and that, that sentence has replaced boredom. Instead of bored now, I am Googling what someone looked like when they were 11.
1: Do you suffer from anxiety ever?
0: I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I don't I think I'm probably wrong, but I'm of the opinion that most people probably I think if you're not, then what the hell is going on? <laughs> like how like, give me some of what you've got. I mean, it will man, surely it will just manifest itself somewhere else. I think, well, everything is just a kind of quest for clarity, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, d- definitely in a big way. I was very, a very tense at uh, school. I like, had a, I had a stomach you? ulcer at 13, just really just like furiously worried about everything and how I was coming across and you know just loads of attractive qualities like that. <laughs> Why do
1: you think you felt like that? Do you think all teenagers do or do I, you think honest, you felt it more, a bit more? I don't
0: know. I do not know. Maybe it's kind of big boy syndrome, It's kind of tall and quite overweight. And was like quite aware that like if my friends were play fighting and I got involved in the play fight, someone could die. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, sorry about my body, everyone. Being at gigs and being on the front row and sort of people and sort of seeing like someone smaller behind me's expression, and me being like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'll just leave. (laughs) Don't worry. I don't even. I only know like 12 of this band's songs. Well, they've actually only released 12 songs, right? (laughs) Well, you know, life's full of experiences and I'll leave leave because if I go one step back, I'm inevitably just going to be blocking someone else. So let's just get out of here.
1: Right. So that makes you slightly fearful of taking up space. And I think it's interesting that when you do character comedy, you're inhabiting another space, you know, you're not coming on stage. There is a difference with that, isn't there? Because you're not saying, ladies and gentlemen, this is my view on the world. You're your sort of um, it's more of an acting performance I, what I'm saying is I think it's probably more suitable for people who are a bit more introverted than Loudmouth ah, your perhaps, type of comedy
0: perhaps I mean I wouldn't necessarily I think it, you're probably right I wouldn't necessarily call myself an introvert I feel like I feel quite confident like I, as in like in, in social situations and stuff like that uh, but I think I probably think a lot about what I'm going to say before I say it.
1: How's that been like feeling a sort of hot property I suppose in America? Because presumably that's people want are interested in you now aren't they? Um, You're having meetings in Um.
0: I think that you uh, I, oh God, I mean obviously I'm just becoming tongue-tied A wise actor once told me that you've got to get your shit right uh, where you come from before you start flitting off to LA and stuff like that, and 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 this was like a few years ago, and I was like, right, yeah, I need to lay in, I need to really sort of nail staff and stop sort of looking over the fence kind of thing, and just like if it feels, mm. go on the go on the kind of like merit of a pro, go, do stuff on the merit of a project, not on the the. Necessarily the size or like the, the otherness of it. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I suppose like it's um. Yeah. I mean, when you, you, know,
1: you do series three then.
0: Uh, I hope so. I hope so.
1: I'm really pleased for your dad. This must be so exciting for him. And your is your mum still around? Right? She is. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. They live together. Strangely.
1: Oh, are they still together?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> they i they broke up when my mum was pregnant with me, but they still live together. <laughs> yeah how I think how
1: did that feel when you and your sister were growing up then was that a bit odd well old? it
0: was all we really knew I suppose it's looking back on it where we you're like whoa but they kind of I think they were both just like I don't want to be the one who doesn't live with the kids <laughs> and then that kind of just stuck and now they're kind of like oh, what am I going to do go looking for a flat I'm, I think we're all right kind of thing no, they're lovely you know they were, they were we could have had it a whole lot worse as far as support support is concerned, Mm. you know, I'm not academic, there wasn't a huge push to be academic and and that stuff which, you know, which I was always like, oh, about, but I kind of feel like, I'm like, well, whatever school I went to or experience I had, it led to me being able to do something that I really, really wanted to do with my life that I never thought I'd be able to do, so who's to say what the correct journey is? and what you need to be to be in this position. Maybe it's the things that I don't know that allowed me to write a really stupid group of people (laughs) successfully.
1: I think the thing that people tend to have in common like you is to produce something like you which feels real and authentic, is that there's no sort of shame about who they are.
0: I suppose when, when something's your life kind of day in, day out, like, and not even just at home, you know, more often than not, you know when you're walking down the street and you see something mad, like uh, a guy who's using a kind of whole tree branch as a walking stick or something, more often than not, I'd get closer to it and realise it was my dad. And that is a, that's a verbatim example. Um, you know, like, I remember once, I can't remember if i said this on a podcast before, but I remember once I was walking down the street with my friend and we saw a car driving with no driver inside it. And I was like, oh my God, look, 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 there's no, there's no one, there's no one in the car, there is no one in the car and it's driving. And then as it passed us and got closer to us, I looked inside and I saw my dad was driving with the seat fully reclined back, like with his eyes like looking <laughs> terrified. And I was like, what? And then we were really close and I ran back to my house. I was like, what the hell are you doing? I went, I got a new car and I didn't know how to get the bloody seat up. That's why I didn't recognize the car because it was new like what is there ever going to be an instance where I see a lunatic and it doesn't turn out to be you <laughs> Oh! Look, you
1: can see him run now
0: Jamie oh, he's had a little fist
1: come on show Jamie <gasps> run show Jamie how you run is
0: that, come on. Is that as satisfying every day to see it I mean is. I can't imagine getting bored of that visual and that oh do my you know God. he's
1: a real he's my equivalent of an antidepressant
0: I can... Do you know I, what you mean? I mean? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've, my girlfriend's dogs, uh, I just, I like tell them my, my secrets. <laughs> I'm like, as in like, I, I, they're the, I properly like to talk to them about how I'm feeling.
1: Remind me with your dog situation. So they had the Bichon, they've got so, the Bichon.
0: Look, I, was, I, was probably quite, I was probably quite offhand about the Bichons. I love the <laughs> Bichons, I just, they just, you know there are some dogs that just are like, it's not, a, it's not rude, they're just like, I don't want to acknowledge you.
1: And these are the ones your parents got These are my mum recently. and dad's dogs
0: who they, uh, I mean, absorb, like they, l- they want them as, to be part of them. They love them so much and they give them so much joy. I actually think my parents' dogs, and they're actually my parents' and my sister's dog, They those dogs love my parents' and my sister so much. It's like they've got no love left for anyone else. It's like they are, and I'm like, that's fine. But my...
1: Uh, so do they still live with your parents?
0: Uh, they sort of split their time between them and, and Tasha's house. Yeah. But my, my girlfriend's dogs my girlfriend's... Uh, a, a Daisy and Dougal, and they are lovely. I spent all the lockdown with them.
1: Come on, Ray, you? Jamie needs to go to the toilet. It's not all about you.
0: It sort of is all about him, and I'm <laughs> fine with that. I'd, have, I'd happily rupture a bladder over that dog.
1: Why did you move around here, Jamie? Um, to East London. Do you just like all my the friends voice? around
0: here? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a big old pull, and. um yeah i didn't move out until i was well i went to uni and i got back when i was like 23 24 and and then i lived with my parents for about a year come on ray and it just seemed like everyone was here so there's no kind of like but now i I love it i i really love it i've actually lived in three different flats around this area done a lot of flat viewings toilets my one, the one for boys is around do the Do you like the way side. I
1: said that, like I was offering toilets? you a Bendix mint after dinner? <laughs> yeah, someone
0: walking around Toilet. with a steel <laughs> tray toilets. <and> toilets, Jamie. <laughs> toilets. Are we good for toilets? Anyone? Toilets, toilets, toilets?
1: Right, we should, where are you going now? Can we walk you anywhere? Yeah,
0: I was just going to pop home to get ready.
1: Do you? When do you lose your temper? What makes you angry? And how oh. does it manifest
0: itself? Um, I mean, I think I'm a. Um, an inward facing anger person. (laughs) Like I probably get quite angry um, uh, with myself, but also I think my friends would suggest that I do quite a lot of kind of like passionate rants about (laughs) things that probably don't really matter. Like, look, we've seen that in something before we've seen it before and they know that and they are they're 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 resting on their laurels (laughs) (laughs) um but that's not real anger i mean real anger i think i think i'm just more stressed than angry if i'm honest
1: do you cry when you get overwhelmed
0: uh it depends what level we're talking
1: any level really i think some men don't cry at all, do they?
0: Oh, I, def- I, I definitely cry. I'm trying to think of a time where I've cried when I've been... I, I remember on the first day of shooting Series 2, I had been so busy trying to get rewrites done. Oh! Come on. Oh. I've been... Oh, there you go. Little you can't leg. tell when he, when he's cocking his leg because he's so beautifully hairy. There you go. Um, uh, I'd... I've been so busy trying to get rewrites done that uh, we, we hadn't been able to get me any rehearsal time. So I literally hadn't spoken as the character for about two years or a year and a half or something. And I arrived on set mm. and started doing it. And I just, my muscle memory was just gone for what he's like and how to improvise as him and, and, and what to do and stuff. Or it felt like it was anyway. I actually mm. think the first day of shooting was the sleepy tour from series two, which I'm sort of quite happy with now. But at the time it felt like I, no idea what I was doing and I just, I couldn't, between takes it was like, okay, little break for a cry, yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> like, I I just, I, I was like, what this is, because the thing with filming is it's like, you don't get a second chance. Mm. It's like what you get on camera is what's gonna sort of, you know, you're gonna have to sort of stand by forever because people align you with your work in a way that you can't really control. So yeah, I'd say that I'm, I, I get quite, uh, Uh, A bit teary when I'm overwhelmed, sure, why not?
1: Would you say that's in your family, culturally, from your dad's side? I
0: definitely have, like, there are certain parts of me that aren't typically Greek. Mm. um, uh, And there are certain parts of me that definitely are. I love olive oil. I'm very (laughs) broody. uh,
1: Are you? Do you want loads of kids?
0: It's about loads, but I definitely, when I think about, like staff, when I think about having a child, I'd l- my bones just don't exist anymore. <laughs> I just sort of become kind of flesh and a couple of ideas for sketches. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of why I am without bones.
1: How are you, Jamie, at saying no? Because I think that's something you might have to learn. Do you know what I mean? How
0: have you, how have you gleaned like, that f- correctly? That. <laughs> <laughs> I mean literally two nights ago I had a really long serious chat with my girlfriend about just this sort of being like yeah I think you can say no was said about 14 times with a little um with a little encore of stop saying yes
1: but you but you did this podcast anyway so I appreciate you <laughs> yeah it, was, yeah.
0: it definitely wasn't about this this is, this has been so lovely I think that the the not being able to say no thing is born out of a um, a kind of knowledge that seizing opportunities is what's got me where I am, so it, it's, it's going to take a while for that to wear off, maybe it'll never wear off, but work-wise, obviously there are some things, like I'm not someone, I'm not necessarily very comfortable with being myself on telly, so that is kind of like a a, a frequent no if i'm ever asked to sort of be kind of host sort of thing i'm 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 like i just can't i don't i i'd be squirming my sister is born for that she's amazing at that sort of stuff she has no as you know she she loves it but i'm I, I i just sort of i'm i feel too self-conscious and, yeah. and yeah, I, I sort of, I think it's partly, if you're playing a character and people don't like the character that, that's sort of like a deflection, if you're being yourself and they don't like you, I don't really know where to put that, <laughs> just sort of like okay, sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> shit but this has been so lovely oh, it was awesome. a very, very immediate, yes I love this podcast and yeah
1: well I'm, I'm so thrilled I ask everyone this question at the end you got away without me asking you whether you had therapy. Yes. You have.
0: Well, therapy. Mm. Oh yeah, I have therapy.
1: Do you? What yeah. do you find it helpful?
0: Um, I think for? it's um, just kind of good to hear what your stupid thoughts sound like <laughs> out loud. Even I, I, it took me a long time to realise that as long as the therapist isn't obstructing. Uh, your thought processes, it's kind of okay, it's kind of good just to be able to talk. I think you go into therapy hoping it's going to save you like like a prayer, like please can I have this for Christmas kind of thing, but it's about you just kind of like being able to work stuff out for yourself in front of someone and then kind of giving you a nudge in different directions. And sometimes you can have one of these thoughts that's never kind of made it to your vocal cords and and giving it the room to, you, start, it just disappears instantly. Cause you're like, oh my God, I've just heard it. And it makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't even make grammatical sense. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even, I mean, I don't, you, is it even, are they words? I don't know. It's like, I don't know what the hell I was talking about. Fine. Okay, that one. Don't need to worry about that anymore kind yeah. of thing. So that that's, that's what it does for me.
1: And it's probably, I always say, it makes me feel like, I still burn the house down sometimes, but each time I understand more where the fire started. Right. So it stops that happening in the same place next time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's a great way of putting it. Should we probably, should we get to your house? (laughs) (laughs) Say goodbye.
1: Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. Can you? Bye
0: bye, smorgasbord.
1: I really hope you enjoyed listening to that. And do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes.